episode 12 of the Online Chicken School podcast. Today we're talking about ways you can keep your chickens safe from predators. It's time for the Online Chicken School podcast. Whether you've been keeping chickens for years or you're just fixing to get started, we'll help you get your schooling. And now, here's the chicken tenders, Don and Susie. Hello, I'm Don, the big chicken tender. And I'm Susie, the little chicken tender. If you're interested in backyard chickens, you're in the right place. Doesn't matter if you have a whole lot of chickens out in the country or just a few somewhere in the city. This is where we share our knowledge, experience, and opinions to help you get the most out of your backyard flock. Today we're going to start off talking about why most people, I think, like to raise their own chickens as a meat source. And I think it's because they want control over their food. Yeah, it's definitely not cheaper. No. But it's healthier. And you know what's in your chicken if you raise it yourself. And just as another push for people that are kind of on the fence, I came across an article on plumping. Plumping. Is that where you get those injections in your lips to make them more full? No, you would think it was. It's not twerking. It's not a new dance move. It is actually the practice of injecting chicken meat with salt water to actually give it some flavor and make it taste better. I am a little disturbed by this. Yeah, it's not something new. They inject the salt water in there because the meat is bland anyway, so they want to give it more flavor. And if you think about it, you know, let's say you just took a regular syringe and you injected salt water into meat. What do you think is going to happen to it? It's going to leak out. You would think so. So they prevent this by adding a quote-unquote bonding agent to the salt water to make it stick inside the chicken and stay there through the processing, shipping, sitting in the store, and you taking it home and cooking it. Doesn't that sound appetizing, though? Yes, I want to eat some of that right now. Because I use, like, say you break a lamp, you use a bonding agent to put the lamp back together. We call that glue. (laughs) Yeah, who knows what this is. So they have to glue the salt water to the chicken. So I find that a little unappetizing. But the big issue is, because they're adding salt water, it's no surprise that it jacks the sodium level way up. They say that a normal four-ounce portion of chicken has about 85 milligrams of sodium. After they get finished with the plumping, it can have six times that amount. So you think about all the people that are trying to be on lower sodium diets and you're eating chicken, which you think is natural. And you say, well, I'm getting this just raw chicken from the store. It says it's natural and they're allowed to call it natural. And it can have so much sodium that I'm not planning on. And I don't know where all this sodium is coming from in my diet. It's actually more sodium than you get in a large order of French fries at any fast food place. Well, and okay. High blood pressure and all that because of sodium and all the things high sodium levels do in your body aside. Let's look at the dollars that you're spending because it's going to add weight to the chicken. So it means you're going to pay more because the product's sold by the pound. And the salt water makes up 15 to 30% of the weight. So you're paying a lot for salty water. Yeah, you're paying... You're buying salt water at chicken meat prices. And I don't even want it in there. It's a little... Too bad. Frustrating to someone as thrifty as me. So I almost wish I didn't see this. 
Well, again, this is just another reason that if you have the ability to, you might want to consider raising your own chicken meat. Uh, But if you can't do that, you can still shop smarter to make sure that you are getting chicken that they don't do this to. And the way you would do that is you just got to look at the packaging. They are required to label all chicken meat that they've done this to, but don't go looking for the word plumping. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that as part of the advertisements, like 100% natural plumping chicken. No, look for a very small print on the packaging that'll say contains up to 15% salt water. That's how they label it. I'm going to have to look at that the next time I'm in the store because I've never even thought to look for that kind of label on there because who would even think that? Why would you? No, who would think it was being injected in there? Yeah. Well, for... I mean, if you were going to inject the chicken with something, inject it with caramel. Oh. Now, see, if you see one that says contains up to 15% caramel, buy it. I don't know. Chicken flavored caramel or caramel flavored chicken? Kind of a little gross. Caramel's good on everything. Okay. Well, if you want to see some funny videos and more information on plumping, you can go to saynotoplumping.com. Okay. We have some very good regular customers at our little tiny micro chicken hatchery. And one of those customers had a not so great experience this week. And unfortunately, I'm not going to use her name because I didn't get permission to ahead of time. So I'm not going to use her name. But she'll know who she is. That's right. And she is, like I said, she's a really good customer. She's bought a lot of little baby chicks from us. And she also took our backyard chicken class. Unfortunately, she had a little situation with a fox over the last week. And it's gotten a number of her chickens. That is never a good thing. I mean, that's such an awful day when you come out and some of your chickens are missing that you've been raising for four, five, six months or longer. That is really devastating. Because they were five months old. Yeah. So she'd been raising them for five months and then walk out one day and find the mess. So we decided that today we're going to talk about how to better protect your chickens from predators. Right, because nobody wants to lose a chicken. But there may be some things that you haven't thought of that may actually help. When you start off with chickens, the first thing you think of is, I'm either going to have to spend a lot of time building a chicken coop or I'm going to have to spend an awful lot of money buying one because chicken coops are not cheap. They are very expensive. And in order to keep the prices somewhat low, all the ones that are sort of reasonable, they're not very good in the predator-proof department. No, they skimp on a lot of things that you will find out are very, very important. But you wouldn't know that going into it. If you're getting baby chicks for the first time, you you know, they say, hey, we'll sell you this chicken coop. You say, Mm -hmm. well, this this must be what I need for my chickens. Yep. So regardless of whether you're going to build your own coop or whether you're going to go buy one, you need to know what features make it more predator-proof than wide open, come and eat at the buffet. And if you have a coop already, you might want to think about making some revisions or retrofitting it just a little bit to bring it up to code, so to speak. The first thing you want to do is get to know who your local predators are. There are obvious ones like raccoons. Fox, uh, coyotes, wolves, and some not so obvious ones like hawks. Armadillos, possums. Those can go in and grab them. Yes, we had one of those in our yard. Kind of a little freaky since we're nowhere near a lot of water. (laughs) Predator drones. Those, Those are not on the list. No, different kind of predator. They don't go after chickens? They could, but I'm not sure that that's a big issue right now. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know what those things are doing. 
but I also don't know how to scare them away. So we'll keep that off the list for right now. Topic for today, how to protect your chickens from predator drones. (laughs) I want to learn how to protect myself from predator drones. Uh, There are all types of methods of scaring away predators, uh, very techie methods, but we're going to talk about the basics. So here are some tips to help keep your chickens safe. First thing, don't ever use chicken wire. And I've seen where people online are like, I've used chicken wire for 15 years, never had an issue. And that may just be because of the predators in your area or you've got things protecting your yard. But as a rule, chicken wire, not a good idea. Absolutely. The only thing that chicken wire stops is chickens. It'll keep chickens in. It doesn't keep any predator out. You think that's the one you're supposed to buy if you're building a coop because you go there. It's right in the name. It says it right in the name. It's chicken wire. That's what I want. And if you look, people who build chicken coops, they use chicken wire as their standard. They'll offer upgrades to higher grade wire, but they use chicken wire as the basic. And that's just not, you know, unless you've got a lot of other defenses, this is not the one that's going to keep predators out. Well, I can go up to chicken wire and rip it open. So if I can do it, I really don't think a coyote or, you know, even a raccoon isn't going to be able to get through it. Um, What we recommend is using quarter inch or half inch hardware cloth. Now that doesn't sound like a chicken coop wire. I don't know what's wrong with these names. Hardware cloth. Yeah. And you ask someone at one of the big box stores, where can I find some hardware cloth? And they just stare at you like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're saying. You know, and you say, no, it's like wire. And oh, it's it's a mess. Ask them where the chicken wire is. That's right. And it's usually next to that somewhere. Yeah, a lot more expensive. It is more expensive. You'll have that little situation where you go there and say, Don and Susie said, go get hardware cloth. And then when you see the price tag, you say, this is expensive. And you look at the price of chicken wire, you'll say, eh, I don't know, maybe I don't need all that protection. But I'm telling you, if you're going to invest something in your chickens, get the hardware cloth, not the chicken wire. And you're going to put it, uh, use it for your run, for any windows, gaps, openings. You're going to use a lot of it, but I'll tell you, it's worth it. Anywhere in the coop that you have a hole bigger or a gap bigger than a half inch, you need to cover it with hardware cloth. Because you think, well, that's not a very big hole. But some of the things that go after your chickens, like weasels and snakes, they can squeeze through a very, very small opening. So you want to cover those openings with the hardware cloth. One day Don was shopping on Amazon because we do that quite often for things, uh, just to compare pricing. And we were in need of some more hardware cloth. We were building another coop. And just for giggles, he decided to search Amazon for hardware cloth. And it was half the price of our local stores. We couldn't believe, even with the shipping, which we get for free, um, you wouldn't think you'd be able to get it that discounted, but that was an amazing find. Well, and the funny thing is I, w- I had been shopping on Amazon. I always check Amazon before I buy something because Amazon is cheaper on a lot of things. And so I looked for hardware cloth and I says, it's the exact same price. I can get it for the same price. I can get it at the local, you know, big do-it-yourself stores. And it wasn't until two or three coops in that I went and looked at it again because I just couldn't believe it, that it was the same price. And it turns out I was wrong because I was comparing the 50-foot roll locally to the 100-foot roll at Amazon. So it ends up being about the same price, but you get twice as much. 
Well, and if you want to see what we use, we'll put a link on the website so you can check it out. It's onlinechickenschool.com slash stuff and just look for hardware cloth. Now, when you use the hardware cloth, one thing you got to think about is how are you going to attach it to the coop? Most people, the first thing they think of is staple gun. I'll just get my staple gun out. I'll start going bang, bang, bang. I'll be done in three and a half minutes. Don't use staples. They just don't dig deep enough into the wood and they don't really have any grip to them. A better method to attach a hardware cloth is to use screws and what are called fender washers. And if you don't know what a fender washer is, it's like a, it's, you know, a flat metal disc, like a washer, except that it's really wide and has a small hole in the middle. So when you put the screw into the fender washer and then screw it in through the hardware cloth into the wood, it has some surface area to grip that hardware cloth and hold it nice and tight up against your attachment surface. And that'll hold it nice and tight. That way, an animal can't just start yanking on it and pull all the staples out. And I'll tell you, those predators, some of them out there, they will sit there and just keep pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and just work their way into and work the staples out of your coop. So always a good idea. They're not that expensive and definitely worth every penny with the peace of mind that they give you. Well, that's one thing is don't underestimate how much a predator wants to get to your chicken because... Chickens are delicious. It's true. Everybody loves chicken and so do all the animals. That's right. Now, the next thing you want to do is think low. We're going to employ anti-digging techniques. One of the big areas of entry for predators will be not going through the coop because you didn't use chicken wire. They're going to try and go underneath. There's a lot of digging predators that they'll go up to your coop and they'll just dig a hole and dig a tunnel. And next thing you know, they're inside the coop. But there's ways you can keep them from doing that. So for permanent coops, you may want to think about burying the hardware cloth that you got for the rest of your coop about 12 inches down into the ground below the surface of the ground. Um, That way, if something tries to dig under your coop, it's going to hit that wire. It's going to probably hurt their feet and they're going to back off. At some point, they're going to realize that I can't get down here. And if they're not like Hogan's Heroes, they're not going to do, you know, eight feet down and then over and back up again. They're going to try going down a little ways. Usually 12 inches ought to do it. Now, for chicken tractors, you have to move those around. So you don't have the option of burying the hardware cloth 12 inches into the ground. So what you do there is make a skirt out of hardware cloth. And by a skirt, I mean just a a piece of hardware cloth that you're going to cut And it goes along the edge of your coop and run and extends from the base along the ground out about 18 to 24 inches. So you're just going to lay it on the ground around the coop. It does make it a little more difficult for you to move the coop because you have to fold this up every time you move it and then put it back in place. But what happens is when they start to dig down, they can't go in the down direction. Forget trying to get over. They can't get down at all. And predators aren't smart enough to back up two feet dig and then dig a two foot tunnel underneath the hardware cloth. They're going to realize, hey, I'm not able to get through this and eventually they'll give up. Another option, if you have the ability to run electric out to your coop or your chicken tractor, if you really want to light up the predators in the neighborhood, you can run a single strand of electric wire along the right along the base. And if you do that around the perimeter, when they go to sneak up and try and dig under, they're going to give themselves a little shock. And I've heard this also is a great deterrent for bears if you even put it up 
a little bit higher as well, put it along the base and up higher. In Alaska, they have a huge problem with bears. And this is one of the best ways they say is to use electric wire. Um, they learn quick that you touch that wire, ow, it hurts. And they don't tend to come back once they've gotten shocked. Yeah, but now you got an angry bear. Oh, yeah. And then he's going to be coming in your house or something. Here's one thing you can do that personally we don't, but it's really considered one of the extreme basics you ought to do is your coop ought to have a solid raised floor. You'll notice most chicken coops are not sitting flat on the ground. They're raised a little bit. That's to keep things from hiding under there. And you want to have a raised floor so that if something tries to dig under in the middle of the night while your chickens are sleeping, they have nowhere to go. They could dig underneath, but then they come up against that hard surface and they have no way to get into the coop. Basically, you've got a seal box, four sides, a top and a bottom, and nothing's going to get in there now, like I said, we don't do this. We actually have open floor coops. I'll explain why we do that later. It's because we have other methods of predator control. So the next thing is we're going to think high. We want to make sure uh, the run has a cover of some kind to protect the chickens. Yeah, it's the one people don't think about. You know, when you have a big run, you think about the walls, you think about things digging underneath, you just don't think about the roof. Another thing you can try, people will just run the string zigzag all over across the run at the roof line to keep hawks from trying to get in there. But a solid roof is really your best option. You just don't want them to have a way to get into your, your run. Hawks are a serious chicken predator. We have hawks stalking our chickens all the time. When I have them out, I am out there. The roosters are on guard watching. But those hawks will just land in a tree nearby and just stare them down. Then also the most difficult of all is if you free range your chickens because, well, you can't put a roof over your entire yard. It's just not going to happen unless you live in the Superdome. So if you do free range your chickens, you want to think about providing some forms of shelter, something they can hide under when there's a hawk in the area. You know, if they see a hawk, do they have some place to scramble and hide to keep the hawk from coming after them? All right, next on the list is something pretty important. You want to use secure latches on your coop. Uh, something that only a human can operate because, boy, them raccoons are pretty darn smart. People like to use those simple throw switches where you just throw a little latch over and drops through the little eyelet. And those things are, I mean, kindergarten raccoons can get through those. Not even the advanced raccoons. You want to use a latch that has say a couple steps to operate it. You don't just pick up a pin or you don't just flip something over, but it takes like, you know, pull up here and slide there. Two actions is a little more difficult for them to figure out. But again, raccoons are still very, very bright. And in most places, raccoons are your biggest predators. So what we use is like a little snap hook lock. I don't even know what those are called, but the, the little thing where you have to push down with your thumb and then you can take it off. And you push down with your thumb and it opens it up and you can put it back on. And, you know, if you don't have the ability to push that thumb button down, you can't unlock it. So look for latches that have the holes where you could put one of those snap locks through it and use the snap lock. That way, only a human is going to be able to open up that door. All right. Now, once you have your coop secure, use it. Be sure to close up the chickens at night and open them up every morning. There's really... Not a benefit to having a floor in your coop, let's say, if you forget to lock them in there at night. Uh, 
if the chickens can get in and out, other things can get in and out. So make sure you keep them locked up. And one thing to think about, we just take for granted that every evening it starts to get dark and the chickens all go march their way back into the coop at night. I will tell you, though, that there have been a couple mornings that we've come out and found one chicken in the run because we went out at night after it was dark. We didn't see the one in the run. And she just never went up with the rest of them for some reason. She hung back. And then we closed up the coop, so we actually locked her out. So one good thing to do is just give a quick little head count when you go in there. Do a little chicken roll call and see who answers. Now, if you've got four chickens, this is going to be really easy. If you've got 50 chickens, well, this might be a little more difficult. One of the best things that I think to keep our chickens safe is using livestock guardian animals. And that could be as simple as a rooster. Yes, having a rooster does provide some protection for your hens. They will warn uh, the hens when there's danger nearby. They will definitely be on the lookout. They will be watching for danger, and if they see anything, they will warn the hens. They will also start rounding them up if they think the danger is serious enough. They'll push them into the coop. I've seen that. And the problem with them is... They aren't smart enough to then stay in the coop with the hens when they get out of danger. They want to come out and then they say, I'm going to fight whatever's out there now. Yeah, their fight or flight is usually fight. They love to fight. But unfortunately, if something can kill a chicken, you know, if something can kill one of your hens, it can probably kill your rooster too. Your rooster has the will to fight, but he's not usually have the ability to protect himself. He can't protect the hens against a wolf or a bunch of raccoons or a fox. He just doesn't have that ability. So you're going to lose the rooster. And the unfortunate thing is, once you lose the rooster, you might now lose the hens, depending on the circumstances. If the if the animal that was chasing can now get in the coop where the hens are hiding, you could lose your hens as well. So it's not a foolproof one, uh, but under certain circumstances, a rooster will provide more protection than if you just have a flock of hens by themselves. And at least it buys them some time to scatter or to find a hiding place or to alert their humans if you're home. We've had our roosters going nuts outside and we run outside because, you know, like with children, you can kind of tell their different cries and you're like, ah, that one's not serious or this one means they're hungry. With a rooster, you can tell when they're crowing or when they're getting upset that there's a problem. And we've run outside before and it wasn't a predator coming in, but one of the dogs was kind of running around the coop and got, got kind of got them all riled up. So it may even just alert you to be, get you outside to see what's going on. Now, when you think about livestock guardian animals, the most obvious one is usually dogs. That's the conventional livestock guardian. There are breeds that were designed specifically for this. The one that comes to mind is the Great Pyrenees. It's a great livestock protection dog. Well, it's right in the name. It's got to be great. It is pretty great. <laughs> They're pretty beautiful, too. It's not just a Pyrenees. It's a Great Pyrenees. <laughs> Now, a couple of things about those. Sometimes those can be a little expensive, and by their nature, they're a protective of whatever animals you put them with, but they still do require some training to be a true livestock guardian animal. You can't just go on Craigslist, find something somebody calls a Great Pyrenees puppy, and hope it turns into a livestock guardian dog. Uh, you can, but you might not get the results you anticipate. What we do is we actually have three dogs, None of them are livestock guardian dogs. We've raised two of them around the chickens. They're actually still in the process of being raised around the chickens. So I think they understand that when I'm sitting there hand feeding the chickens 
and talking nice to the chickens. These are things that are part of our family and they're things you need to protect. Now, none of the three have gone after our chickens, which is a great sign because there are a lot of dogs that just love that little thing running around your yard and wants to play with it. Yeah, not every dog is suitable for living around chickens, so you have to keep an eye on that. But the first dog we had, Jaeger, okay, he was terrible for chickens. If you left him alone with a chicken, that chicken was a toy and it wasn't going to make it right. a few minutes. However, you have never seen as amazing a dog as him at getting predators out of the yard and keeping them away from the chickens. So we had designed our our chicken tractors in such a way that he couldn't get under him. He wasn't a digger. He couldn't get into the chicken tractor. The tractor protected the chickens from Jaeger. Jaeger protected the chickens from everything else. So as long as you only let the chickens out when you were around to make sure he didn't make a snack out of them, it was fine and he did a good job. And you could do sort of the same thing even if your dog doesn't get along well with chickens. However, there are dogs that when they see those chickens, they'll start running circles around the coop or around the tractor and they'll start driving the chickens all crazy well, that's not good. That's too much stress for your chickens. So some dogs you could just you should just never have around chickens. Some you can have with your chickens and they'll be protectors, but you have to take a couple steps to protect the chickens from the dog. And others, like the three we have now, you can let the chickens out, walk away, and leave the three with them. And like we said about Max, he'll let the chickens walk on top of them and he won't do anything about it. But if anything goes near the chickens, oh, he'll chase it down and corner it. And the point of all this is you don't have to go buy a $2,500 livestock guardian dog to use dogs to protect your chickens, but you are going to have to use your smarts a little bit and you're going to have to observe and see how does my dog do with chickens and is this a breed that'll do it. And then the other important part is the dog has to have access to your yard and the chickens 24 hours a day. Yeah, that's, it doesn't do much good with uh, your dog with his face pressed against the window watching the chickens get eaten by a predator. So definitely uh, something if you're considering you want to have a dog that can be outside or at least have access to the outside at night. Okay, and the last livestock guardian animal to consider, probably not going to work if you live in a neighborhood with a serious homeowners association, but you could get a donkey. Oh, those are so cute. It sounds really funny, but donkeys will live outside with your animals, including chickens. They bond with whatever animals you put them with. They get emotionally bonded to them. They'll graze grass, so you don't have to feed them very much. You might have to give them a little bit of grain. Sometimes grass isn't enough, but but they don't eat very much at all that, that you don't have already out in your yard. But they are also very fierce about protecting their family. If anything comes after the chickens... That donkey will chase down a full-size wolf and stomp it to death if it has the chance. I would be a little terrified of that kind of donkey. That just sounds incredible. All right, well, one that's not on the list that you've been mentioning lately that I'm going to bring up because you are just obsessed with this animal is an ostrich. I think it would be great to have an ostrich because I just think of it as a really giant chicken. Yeah, but they're like fierce and freaky looking and I don't want them staring at me in the window. Could you just imagine you're walking by the window and this big ostrich face is looking at you? I think that would be hysterical. Well, if it happened to me, but not to you. I'd be okay with it. (laughs) Thanks a lot. But see, the the ostrich is really more for people, you know, because a burglar, they're kind of used to dogs now, so they might climb over your fence if they see a dog in your yard, but they see a eight foot ostrich 
they're going to think twice about coming in your yard. I don't. I don't know. I you're going to have to you're going to have to pitch that a little bit uh, better for me to consider getting an ostrich. Although I do like the I'm gonna idea. I'm going to get one for you for your birthday. <laughs> I do like the idea of the massive ostrich egg, though. Yeah, you could feed the whole community scrambled eggs at one ostrich egg. Yeah, I don't think I have a whisk that big or the arm strength, but I don't know. You may be able to convince me one day. We'll see. I just don't know how ostriches do with chickens. So, like, if you got chickens running around the yard, is the ostrich also going to be aggressive to the chickens, or will the ostrich bond with them? That's the that's the question mark I don't know yet. Well, the question mark I have is, is it, is it going to be aggressive towards me? Oh, it definitely will. Oh, nice. You're going to have to wear padding and a helmet. I just get used to the roosters, and now I have this huge six-foot ostrich. I, I don't know. Foot. eight foot. There's no six-foot ostrich. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's a baby ostrich. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to table that discussion for now. So the basic summary here is know your predators and make a plan for dealing with them. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, consider leaving us a nice little review on iTunes. And also tell a friend, get them listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at onlinechickenschool.com slash the number 12. That's all for today. See you next time. You've been listening to the Online Chicken School podcast. Look for us on the web at onlinechickenschool.com.